Hey, you all right? Well, welcome everybody to the Blofeld podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker. And sorry we missed you last week. We just, uh, you know, sometimes work and life gets in the way, unfortunately. Yeah, it gets busy, yeah. It gets busy, but uh, we did not uh, miss the the debut race of the Formula One season. So we figured we would kind of play a bit of catch up and recap the first couple races from uh, Bahrain last weekend and then from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia today. A lot of interesting discussion uh, and talking points surrounding the race and also interesting races of themselves, which, uh, you know, so we've got, we've got plenty to go over, but uh, going back to, to Bahrain last week, this was the debut on track debut really uh, of the brand new formula one cars, which I was, you know, we saw them, we saw them in like preseason testing and whatnot, but like, this is, you never know who's sandbagging. Yeah, who's, exactly. Who's got the <laughs> so this is our first chance to see, like, you know, who who actually is going to be competitive. And for you know, and there were a few things that were a common commonalities throughout qualifying. And probably the biggest one to me, I don't know if you thought so too, but I thought the porpoising issue yeah. is is a real, you know, a really challenging problem it seems like for some of these teams to solve yeah um, especially um mercedes and mm-hmm. we were talking a little bit about and and i don't know if this correlates but like you were saying with the um you know tunnel time they get for, right for testing is as is, is less the higher you finish in up in the constructors and so mm-hmm. i suppose you can do a lot of computer simulations and modeling right and it's probably pretty accurate but then you end up in the wind tunnel mm-hmm. and you get a little bit more detail but if you if it you know doesn't sort itself out there then you're on the track and it's like oh my gosh right. they're just bopping up and down and yeah <laughs> and for it those super obnoxious it does <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know what porpoising is i should probably explain it's Basically, at high speeds, the aerodynamics of the car are such that you get this, basically the car looks like it's bouncing up and down, and and it's called porpoising because it kind of looks like a dolphin coming up out of the water, jumping up and out of the water repeatedly. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what the car is doing, is this kind of undulation. Yeah, Yeah, this kind of ground effect occurring and then dissipating and then reoccurring. Right. So you've got downforce and then downforce releases because you don't have stable flow across the car and then you get downforce again. And so <laughs> to watch the drivers, you can see them on their on their onboard camera, like their their head is just bobbing yeah. up and down, up and down. Yeah. And it looks uh. so obnoxious. <laughs> and it also is is, you know, you lose time. It's you know, you you want stable, consistent yeah. downforce effect and and um well and and like you had said, you know, in years past, you get Mercedes and people, they'll kind of bitch and complain about the car. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, they're, they're full of it. Like, they'll be just fine. Right. And then they, you know, most years they come on, it's like, oh, surprise, surprise. Look at, who Look at how fast top. they are. And then, yeah. Then this year, it just seems like, you know, they're not as much crying wolf. Yeah. They do seem to have a problem with that. So they looked a bit slow in, in testing and, um, and in qualifying as well and and you know mm-hmm. but with these big changes we we're kind of hoping this this all these regulation changes with the cars would lead to a little bit of reshuffling of supremacy within the, the grid yeah and it yeah. seems Just, like it it might be doing that 
Um, so- yeah, I mean, you know, Ferrari in the lead lead up to this race mm-hmm. in practice and then in um, you know qualifying, they looked quick. Mm-hmm. Charles and- Leclerc finished on pole. Yeah, and you were kind of like you were wondering. I mean, they were pretty conservative in their interviews and discussions about how they thought they would perform and mm-hmm. um you know maybe they were just being a little bit humble i don't know but they really seemed strong right you know going into this right and pushing it to the limit really pushing the car to the limit yeah so, so out of out of the first uh qualifying uh for bahrain um the ferraris looked really strong red bull was up there as well but the dark horse was kevin magnuson coming back to drive the haas <laughs> uh finishing up in, in fifth uh, good for them it, yeah. in qualifying just absolutely stunning result i mean y- y- and you feel for him like th- that team has had such a rough go um obviously all the tribulations with nikita mazepin leading up to this season um mm-hmm. you know out of the team kevin magnuson coming back uh from i forget where he was if he was in he wasn't in indycar i think he was in like the world endurance championship um yeah but coming back and really looking on the pace right away um, yeah, good for him, right? Because mm-hmm. like both both him and Grosjean got let go at the same time, right? Yeah, and so it's kind of fun to see him come back and just put it on like a glove. Yeah, exactly. And and then the flip side to that, you know, Haas looked faster, but the McLarens were just a travesty all weekend. Yeah, um, and that's yeah, and that's kind of what I said. To, I was talking to somebody about this you know, the price of somebody getting better is somebody getting worse. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, uh, McLaren and Aston Martin right. just didn't seem to have made the strides that, that yeah. they had hoped, at least out of the gate here. I mean, right. Haas, you know, basically kind of tanked their whole 2021 season mm-hmm. and just used it as a building year, introdu- introducing the new drivers, mm-hmm. saving money to kind of fully invest in the 2022 car and that mm-hmm. really paid dividends and I'm, well, and that was, I'm happy to see that right and that was the question right like you know that that was the line that they gave and and all along i was, was. Kind of like are they actually going to be investing money in this or is that just their excuse for having a terrible car because yeah. the, the thing about it was i kind of figured if they had come out in 2022 mm-hmm. and had kind of shit the bed again they might that might be a wrap for them right. at the end of the season right you know yeah i, I uh, think so, it, It'd be demoralizing to just yeah exactly. multiple seasons in a row with no points, and uh, it, it just would have been really tough to want to continue on. But it looks yeah. like they're going to be competitive, which is awesome. Um, yeah, good for them. Good for them. Uh, and then, you know, but like you said, there's been a reshuffling because other teams have to get worse. So, you know, Alpine, Haas, both seem to have improved their cars a bit. Meanwhile, Aston mm-hmm. and McLaren are dropping back. And Ferrari, you know, they were kind of the best of the mid-pack teams. They were third in construction yeah. last year. And now they're run like a house on fire. Like, they, they look, <laughs> yeah, they look they're, like they're back. Yeah, they're competing for the top spot. Good yeah. for them. I mean, that's, uh, you know, out of all of these brands, they they really should be up there. Yeah. And so I'm ha- happy to see them. It's one of those. And they've got just... They've got such a great driver team yeah, as well. Right. Very likable you know? player in Carlos Sainz. And yeah, there's something yeah. it, I don't want the Schumacher years again, just like I don't really want the Hamilton dynasty. Like yeah. I don't want one team or one driver to win six, seven, eight titles in a row. 
But yeah. it does feel good seeing Ferrari at least fighting for the championship. Yeah. You know, and think back to when, uh, you know, Carlos made the jump. Right, yeah. I bet, you know, some people were like, well, you know, McLaren's, they're growing, you know, is Ferrari, I think maybe that year or the the year before they had taken like that penalty because the engine build or whatever. Right. Funny business that was going on. Right, that they never (laughs) admitted any guilt for, but somehow got penalized anyways. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sure, you know, he's probably thinking, God, what a great move I made. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ferrari, Ferrari, and, and it's not just their individual cars. Ferrari's power plant seems to have really been a solid improvement from what they were running yeah. for. The, the Alfa Romeos, we didn't mention, but Valtteri Botasco and Alfa Romeo, they've been running really well. They both were in the points in the first race, and and uh, we'll get to it, but Valtteri uh, qualified well in, in Saudi Arabia as well. Haas is running the Ferrari engine. They've been doing well. So, you know, it looks like Ferrari really, from a powertrain standpoint, has it figured out uh, pretty well. Yeah. And and they've yeah you know and and this is kind of alluding to a discussion we're going to have but they seem to also be the most reliable powertrain um, yeah so far so far yeah so yeah in the first race in Bahrain we saw a lot of really good racing a lot more competitive passing in the mid pack people it seems like yeah they made to the car so that passing could actually happen more easily that seems to be the case. Yeah, and that's something I was honestly really looking forward to mm-hmm. this season was just seeing it just felt like in years past it was processional until there was an accident or kind of like we had discussed in many races it would always come down to the tire strategy and pitting. Right, it was very you know really where hard. Yeah, whereas now you really you know can really see you know drs in action the, yeah. the cars can kind of keep up with one another mm-hmm. um to to set up big passes and we really just saw that especially in the in the first race mm-hmm. with some back and forth racing that between was just, max and charles like, yeah <laughs> awesome. yeah i mean you know that's the thing that i didn't i I'll, i admit i didn't really foresee is that by making it easier to pass You've also made DRS that much stronger of a a part of the race yeah, strategy because even like last year, even if you had DRS, you still had the same issue of dirty air when you got within whatever mm-hmm. half second of the car in front of you. Now that there's yeah. less dirty air, DRS is even more, uh, yeah, even more of a weapon to get around somebody. And and uh, yeah. we saw that Max and Charles uh, late in the race had a real back and forth, um, you know, and it basically, it seemed like it was going to come down to whoever got DRS last was going to Well, yeah, and that's, and I think that's something, you know, that, and this is also a little bit of foreshadowing as well, but like you said, you know, in the 2021 season, when you had it and you got past, it was like the job is done. Right, yeah. But that's not as much the case now, like, you really have to take it to a whole other level as a driver and mm-hmm. think about, okay, how do I set up the DRS where I can get past and then actually have a chance of putting yeah. a gap in between right, us? Because if you don't put that gap mm-hmm. in between, you're going to get served the other side of that right. flat. Well, that's exactly <laughs> right. So, you know, last season, if you pass somebody with DRS, 
you then got in front of them, they were in your dirty air, and there would naturally a gap would occur before yeah, you got to the next DRS. Yeah, zone. you're done, yeah. Now, <laughs> if you have fairly even, you know, if your powertrains are similar, if your aerodynamic setup is similar, and the guy has DRS and he passes you, it's a lot easier to stick to their bumper, so to speak. And, yeah. And keep up. Yeah, now it's kind of like, now it's kind of like, no, you go first. Yeah. No, why don't you <laughs> which go we, first? Which no, we you saw today, first. and we'll, we'll definitely talk about Um but overall, it was a phenomenal first race of the season. Um, really. Oh, what a spectacular end to it. Yeah. So we talked about Ferrari having really stout powertrains. Um, so Max and Charles have been going back, back and forth, back and forth. It was still really in the balance who was going to come out on top. Um, and at the time, I think it was like Charles and then Max and then Carlos and then I think Checo. Uh, was in there, and then the two Mercedes were were I think fifth and yeah. sixth. And on the I think it was the second to last lap. Well, and and even before, mm-hmm. just to jump just to yeah. jump back a little bit, there was a little foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, you're right. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't even remember we're what gassing. lap that was, but we were yeah we were pretty deep into the race. I think at that point as well. Yeah. But all of a sudden. He's coming around to the the straightaway and and the and he's on fire. Yep, the engine's on <laughs> engine's fire. On fire. To get out of the car. Yep, and it's like, oh god, that's because honestly, when um, we had talked about the changes that were occurring, mm-hmm. I really thought we're going to see a lot of reliability issues this in the beginning. Just it's like a new car, right? Really. I mean, it's the same thing with a new model. You 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 just have unexpected interactions, yeah. like. You know all the porpoising well, screws. It, it, it reminds me what uh, you know, it reminds me what Adrian Newey said in his his autobiography. Is he had a couple cars that he designed that in the wind tunnel and on paper mathematically everything looked like it would be phenomenal, and a couple of them were just absolute undrivable garbage when they actually <laughs> got out on the track. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And so uh, you know, so when. It was interesting. I think it was, I don't remember who said it, but I think one of the announcers just it kind of like we're like, oh, that's interesting. That mm-hmm. engine's on fire. Does this, yeah. you know, foretell some of these reliability issues? Right. But we didn't. I didn't think we saw a crazy amount of reliability issues in practice. So not, as the race not with Red Bull. I was no. like, yeah. Red Bull was pretty yeah, stout. Like, McLaren well, had issues. Um, Haas had issues, and Alpha Romeo had issues. I remember from the preseason testing, but true, yeah, like true. the Red Bull, Red Bull racing powertrain engine. Um, that's, that's, they're no longer with Honda this season. So they developed their own, their own uh, powertrain and that mm-hmm. powertrain's also in the AlphaTauri. So when Gasly went out, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, is this like a one-off? That's interesting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Wonder if that yeah. And then we get, <laughs> oh, we get to, I think it was the second to last lap. And yeah, and you know, and Max had been complaining a little bit about his steering. Yeah, he was basically like, the steering is getting really difficult. His power steering and had was like, partially well, failed. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, well, maybe, maybe he can, you know, eke it right. out. I think he was complaining about that within like the last ten laps or something. Yep. So you're thinking, yeah, maybe he can just eke right. it out. Like he seems to he still be doing good times. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, keeping the Ferraris in check at that yeah. point. Yeah, and uh, but then lo and behold, he he just has a complete engine failure, and uh, and <laughs> so he's out of the race. And then uh, and and I may be oh. flipping who went out first, but then no, you're the right. Subsequent lap, uh, Sergio Perez engine also failed. <laughs> so it's, yeah, he like he was like coming into corner one, turning, and then it spun. Yep. And then it, I think, went into some kind of anti-stall, and then it just yeah. He said he said like the engine again. locked up because it looked like he yeah it was on weird the initial replay. It looked like he somehow just lost the rear, but but exactly. you could hear him on the radio saying like the engine locked up. So uh, it was something bizarre happened. So Red Bulls went from running one, second two, and fourth to being both DNFs, no points, no points. Uh, <laughs> Carlo uh, and Pierre, yep. Charles, Charles, uh, and Carlos finished one two for Ferrari. Uh, first one two in I think five six years. I forget how long. Uh, yeah. And then um, Lewis and and George Russell were basically gifted third and fourth. <laughs> uh, yeah, in essence. And yeah. then uh, you know, following his really excellent qualifying, uh, Kevin Magnussen finished fifth. So huge points. Yeah. Basically, Haas, Haas has more Haas. points in one race. More and, points from that one yeah, race. They did yeah. all last season. So <laughs> then Haas they were, combined. you know, and I love watching the post-race. <laughs> like, you would thought they just won the Constructors' Championship. Like, yeah, hugging oh God, and yeah. celebrating. And you actually see Gunther Steiner somewhat happy. <laughs> it, it was... <laughs> Poor Gunther. You know, have something to celebrate, you know. Uh, I mean, yeah, you kind of feel the same way about, like, Williams. Yeah. And, you know, you really, you're just kind of rooting for them just because they're such the underdog. And, you know, at least one team, you know, reached escape velocity. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I think... It- I think Williams, it looks like, has a little bit more work to well, do. The, yeah, Williams um, Williams has the same – they have they have the same engine problems that Mercedes has, which is it doesn't seem to be a very strong power plant. You yeah. know, and then all the other technical issues that, you know, their car is not quite as well developed as the Mercedes um, and maybe some of the other mid-pack cars. Uh, Alexander Albon is – is a solid driver, but he's a mid pack driver. Latifi is not even a mid pack driver. So like they're, they're in a tough position um, for sure, but uh, it is fun to see. What was the term? What what, what was the term you used for Williams? Oh, well, they're a menace. We'll get to why they're a menace. I kind of like that. And it's specifically, I mean, at least somebody out there is willing to spend some money To, to be a yeah, sport. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what it is about Williams and Middle Eastern F1 races, but uh, they're just <laughs> they not get along. Um, <laughs> so, so fast forward a week to Jeddah, and I, I want to kind of just touch on some things leading up to the race because it was politically, it's very interesting what what is happening. So, free practice after the first free practice session before the start of the second free practice session. There was a an attack on a nearby uh, Aramco oil refinery. Aramco is the state-owned oil company in Saudi Arabia. By and I and I don't know the politics behind it. It's by a rebel group from Northern mm-hmm. Africa, I believe. And um, mm-hmm. uh, anyways, 
there was a discussion. Obviously, this raised huge discussions about security for the race. This, I, I believe, the refinery is like ten miles from the Jetta circuit, and so the drivers, the team principals, and the race officials all had a big meeting deciding whether to go on with the race. And the reporting has been there's a, a lot of rumors and whatnot coming out, but the reporting was basically, at least from the BBC, their sources said that the drivers and teams were basically told that they decided to not go forward with the race. There might be, quote-unquote, delays in them being allowed to leave the country, <laughs> which which is pretty terrifying. Um, and then you remember yeah. that, like, Saudi Arabia is a, you know, a, a, a monarchy, and they... <laughs> <laughs> they are, uh, you know, a pretty brutal one yeah. at times. So I can understand why yeah. they decided to go ahead with the race. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of, you know, it's interesting. So I think these rebels are are, are out of Yemen, and obviously Saudi mm-hmm. and Yemen have had a conflict going on for quite some time mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, Jeddah is is on the Red Sea, so it's kind of like on the western part of Saudi Arabia. So this is a pretty pretty significant distance Mm -hmm. in between there and you know i don't know if they were kind of targeting that area at the time kind of knowing that maybe it would get some more attention i don't really know like what the backstory was on it but there was a lot of um basically tight lips yeah they came out of whatever the decision was made and so i'm 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 particularly curious as the week goes on because you know it's hard to i don't know like that's kind of like just the info that we've been provided or have have kind of dug up or or have heard secondhand and so i don't know what was actually communicated Mm -hmm. but if that's in fact what was communicated it does it does sound a little bit menacing and i think if if it was you know myself i don't know that i would really look forward to going back there next year not to, um, not to mention, you don't really want to race on that circuit, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly. <laughs> and uh, and Max had kind of said something to like the effect of, "Well, I can't really speak to this at the moment, but there will be more to be said about it in the future." And mm-hmm. so, I don't know what the drivers thought, or what they all decided, or what the team team principals thought. But I'm I'm kind of wondering if there will just be nothing because you know, the Saudis and the, and the, you know, oil Mm -hmm. refinery and the company and stuff has quite a bit of money invested in formula one in certain ways. And so maybe, maybe it all just kind of gets clamped down or, you know, maybe there's some fallout from it afterward. They're like, you know, we're probably not going back to that circuit next year. I I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what comes out of it. Cause you're right. I think Aramco, Obviously, this is their you know home race, but Aramco I, I think is a major sponsor of F one races elsewhere as well. So you know it yeah it's going to be tricky, but uh, you know there there are more reasons than that to not want to race a Jetta, which will we'll... that, that's what I, <laughs> so, I think you know like you said a, it's a it's it's a, it's a street yeah. circuit. You know, there's a few on the calendar, but it's. It's a very tight and very fast street circuit, and you know Monaco's tight, but it's a bit slower. Aku is is fast, but it's a 
is a bit more room. Singapore, also a nice street circuit that, that has, you know, room to race. Jeddah is tricky in that if there's an, if, if you make a mistake, you're probably going to hit the wall. And if you hit the wall, it's going to be, you know, that's why we saw multiple red flags last year. And, um, and unfortunately we saw in qualifying again this year, um, Mick Schumacher, um, Got up on the curb, uh, coming out of one turn, setting up for another. Boy, lost yeah. the rear, um, and kind of tried to overcorrected, and then basically went right into the wall. Uh, at I, I don't know how. Did you hear how fast he was traveling? I know they said they, they no. said they estimated he he hit it like seventy G's. It was a lot. Yeah, it was not. It was not side good. impact, which is uh, we were kind of talking about during the race. You know, there's debate is you know a lot of people think side impact is worse than front on because there's not as much of a crumple zone on the sides of the car and yeah. so uh mick it was scary because it's it was scary because there wasn't like i saw it happen i was just happy watching that practice yeah. live and then and then there's no there's no video of anything they're not replaying right. it there's no video of him in the car there's mm-hmm. no you know, chatter and and it sounded like obviously when that car mm-hmm. hit, I mean it was jacked yeah. up, and and so nothing was working, and so I don't think the team could even radio right. him, and so I think in those scenarios they're just like, let's just get this sorted mm-hmm. out. You Which, know, we're not here to have theater over somebody who's really badly right. injured, and I totally support that. But it just when that happens, it freaks yeah. you out because you're like, oh. That's not good. They only do this if something very bad. Right. I mean, happened, that's the know? thing is we didn't know. So, like, typically when you see a, a crash, what happens is you see the you know the crash happens very quickly. The TV feed will cut to the team principal or 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 the race engineer saying so and so, are you okay? And then yeah. oh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm like okay, we're all good, you know. But this was like it went 10 20 minutes the car's still there mick is still in the cockpit they had he hasn't spontaneously gotten himself out of the cockpit um you're not yeah. hearing haas talking to him and then the ambulance shows up and you're like and you haven't seen a replay yet that's not this good is not good and yeah. fortunately you know and you know fortunately <clears throat> mick was okay yeah, just to- uh and it came out later that uh gunther steiner said basically on the initial impact all their telemetry, all their monitoring systems and communications just were gone. Whatever mm-hmm. got severely damaged in that initial impact, it basically took everything out of the car. Yeah. And, you know, and just to speak to the whole crash thing, you know, I don't at all find that entertaining. Mm-hmm. You no. know, it just freaks me out. I've, you know, watched enough Formula One over the years to realize that people don't always come out of the car. Right. And so... That is one of the reasons I, I do think the street circuits are really kind of mm-hmm. cool, but they're also kind of effing crazy when you think about Monaco mm-hmm. and Jeddah, and then you compare it to these big tracks. Circuit, like, you know, Circuit of Americas. Yeah, wide open spaces, and it just feels mm-hmm. safer like to be going these speeds and with these cars. Yeah. And, and, um, and one of the things, you know, to, to um, some people's maybe – a different perspective in the in years past because the racing was so kind of processional and uneventful at times you almost required some drama kind of somebody spins mm-hmm. out or a little bit of drama to shake up the strategy of what is otherwise just like you know they did qualifying and that's now the race right. result um 
But I'm that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy this year that we've got ca- cars that are on their own. more competitive with one another. Yeah. yeah, so that we don't have to rely on those kind of shenanigans right. to bring some interest to the race because it, it just really freaks me out when I see accidents yeah. like that. Yeah, no, I know. I, and thankfully, you know, initially all they were saying was, or, or Mick had, had uh, you know, been communicating he had called his mom. They were taking him to the hospital for preliminary scans, but that physically he seemed all right. And then, you know, he was back at the track today. He didn't race. They didn't, they didn't uh, camp yeah. in his second car today, but because his car was just, you know, demolished. Just, just yeah. And so, you know, but it, to me, it, I'm with you. I, the drama in the racing is the racecraft, the strategy, what these guys yeah. are capable of doing. I mean, almost superhuman reaction time and and skill. I, so to, a, a crash does nothing for me except you know make me anxious for the driver. So it, it's much more yeah. enjoyable to see a, a nice, clean, well fought race, which we ended up seeing uh, in the race itself between Charles and Max yeah. again. Really phenomenal, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it goes back to our, our DRS discussion. Well, so this. Jet is yeah well and even 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 before that i mean like the midfield fights. i kind of thought it was the midfield fight was really good and then somebody who you know for better or for worse because he plays such a good supporting role nobody really mm-hmm. talks about Checo. Was yeah yeah no you know he had a great qualifying yeah. and and we're always kind of well it'll probably be charles yeah. ah maybe it'll be carlos it yeah it'll be max no, it's yeah, no, uh, you're you're absolutely right. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for reminding me. So Sergio Perez, phenomenal driver, but has always kind of been the bridesmaid, never the bride. And he finally he got his first Formula yeah. One pole, which seems like hard to believe because yeah. he's such a solid driver. You know, it is. Um, yeah, it is. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. But you know, one of the things that I was kind of talking with you when we when we watched the race is. You know, as Checo came into Red Bull last year, he was basically inheriting yeah, a car right, right. that I'm sure Max kind of tweaked over years of right. being with them. And here you're kind of starting from mm-hmm. scratch. They're both kind of equivalently having to learn mm-hmm. the car. And and I don't know if, you know, one person's preference over the other, you know, when it comes to making changes mm-hmm. and stuff. But he, here you've got two guys growing with a new car at the right. same time. And so I think it really kind of lets you see what uh, Perez can yeah. do. And so I thought that was so cool. And I was watching qualifying. I was like, oh, God, he, yeah. he did it. Yeah. <laughs> he beat him out. Not no, by much. 0.02 like, of a second. You know, 20, yeah. <laughs> Two hundredths of a second. I mean, yeah. yeah it, it was crazy. Know, it, yeah. You got to think, you know, Sergio, if, if Sergio came along in an era that didn't have Max and Lewis, He'd be fighting for poles and fighting for first place podiums, probably every race. If you if you yeah. gave him the car that he has, you know, you know, and and if we think back, like one of the challenges I think that teams deal with is what Red Bull was doing. I mean, they kind of were here, new driver throwing somebody, right. throwing somebody new, throwing somebody new, and at the time, fresh, you know, we were kind of thinking Max like. Intimidate. <laughs> Yeah, and and we went into that last race of that season, and it's like, does Checo have a seat for yeah, next year? Yeah, when he's year? with Racing Point, and yeah. it kind 
and it yeah and it kind of felt a little bit like mm-hmm. a gamble but i think christian and the and the group are probably looking at it and being like this was this was a perfect oh dude look decision. at look at um last year and when um in the in the final race of the season when he held up lewis uh, yeah. on the charge back <laughs> i mean phenomenal yeah. and and totally clean but just extremely yeah it extremely was extremely high high quality yeah. uh racing and and that and that's where i didn't really understand it at the time but this has all made a lot more sense to me as i kind of finished the last drive to survive season but you really do kind of want an elder statesman mm-hmm. on the team who is willing to as a human being basically say, yeah, my role is to play second fiddle here and I'm not going to let my ego get in the way. Kind of like Valtteri right. did for Mercedes. That's like, he was not really there to outperform and outdo Lewis all the time. Yeah, he did mm-hmm. it every once in a while, which was great and probably really satisfying. But the key is for the the teams, that constructor mm-hmm. money is so That's powerful, the, that is so the key. useful. Because we talk about the drivers, you need talk about drivers a lot, but it's important to know the manufacturer standings are what cause the payouts. So your driver can win, but yeah, in that last season, Mercedes made way more money than Red Bull because they won constructors. Yeah, yeah, and that's where you really need that supporting role. And I think Checo's that guy. I don't think Danny Rick was that guy. Alex, Mm -hmm. I don't think was that guy. And I think that's honestly a little bit of what you might see why total was a little reluctant to want to just bring yeah. George up. Cause you know, the truth is, you know, Lewis is mm-hmm. their guy, but he's getting older. He's probably at some point going to approach mm-hmm. retiring or he's just going to pass his physical peak. And George yeah. is really good. And so I think like George is a young guy. And so the young guys always have a hard time. George is like the young fiddle. lion, especially the, the pack leader. Yeah. Yes. And and that's the challenge right there for that team dynamic. And I'm going to be very curious how that plays out because I think, you know, George in some of these first races himself, I really do think yeah. I'm better than Lewis. And I don't mm-hmm. want to play second fit. And so you might see a little bit more battling because Lewis is like, well, right. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Yeah. So you might see because when oh, I watch yeah. Drive to Survive and they, and, you know, who the hell's fault mm-hmm. it was, I don't know. It was like not not a great situation mm-hmm. for either of them. But George gets out, goes over, oh, yeah. you know, doesn't even really see like he asked Valtteri, is he okay? He just gets over and yells at him, kind of yeah, pops right. him on the helmet right. and walks away. And it's like, we don't need you doing, you know, stupid shit where you're crashing your car Art. into, you know, Lewis's car and taking everybody out because you right. can't check yeah. your ego. Now DNF, we maybe lose the mm-hmm. constructors, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how that dynamic right. plays out. I, I think it might not be as smooth as they want. I think that's probably totally yeah. realizes that, but I think he also sees Lewis is getting maybe to a point in his life where he will want to do something is, different. And George he's probably the future. is the yeah, future. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you're right. And. And it, it, I mean, it certainly kind of looked that way in Saudi Arabia. I mean, you had um, Lewis went out in qualifying in the first round of qualifying for the first time in 
I forget how many years since Brazil, like 2018 or something like that. Yeah, like since like 2017. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah something like and that. And so he started 15th on the grid. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, guess who eliminated? Who was it? I don't remember. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> so, like you said, that you said when you're watching it, like how confusing yeah. for Lewis. Like you got eliminated by Stroll. He's looking race. at the back yeah. of a Haas, <laughs> trying to pass, desperately trying to pass them on a straight yeah, for a single I mean, point. <laughs> yeah, and, and ultimately he, he finished in tenth behind Kevin Magnuson. Meanwhile, George Russell ended up in fifth, so he got some decent points from Mercedes. Now, to to be fair, it did sound like in the interview before they started, when they were talking with Toto, he said, you know, we tried mm-hmm. to do something with Lewis's car in P3, and mm-hmm. it was a disaster. It was practically undrivable. We we realized mm-hmm. what we did, so... I, I they're, still trying to, they're still trying to fix I don't the porpoising issue. I, from, from, they look like they have some of the worst porpoising of any of the teams. So... Hundred percent. I mean, it looks yeah, it looks brutal. I mean, like going on those straights, and now imagine yeah, doing they, that for sixty They've laps. got some aerodynamic. Like, it, Lewis is Lewis is going to lose yeah, some yeah, body yeah. height. Yeah, I think I, by the end of well, the I, season. I, told you this, but I think Mercedes <laughs> is hoping. Let's just get what points we can, and then when the summer break hits, we're going to rework the entire aerodynamic yeah. package um, and try and figure this out. But yeah. Um, you know, but getting back to to the um, the good racing, the DRS talk, yeah. Max and Charles 100%. again going back and forth, very clean <laughs> racing, um, very smart racing. Max learned his lesson yeah. that he didn't learn last week, and he didn't just keep trying the same move on Charles over and over again. He he passed in different areas. Yeah, that's and that's he just did. Like we said, season before, all you need yep. to do is get around them. And then you're yeah. off into the distance, but it doesn't yeah. work like that. And, and so this year, you know, Jed is interesting that there's a DRS zone, and then like one more turn, and then another DRS zone down the the, the main straight. Yeah. And Charles was very smart. Yeah. He would he basically would let not so much. Well, one time he straight up did let Max pass him, but he would he, Max would pass yeah. him in that first DRS zone. Charles would stay close enough that when they got to the main straight. With DRS, he would pass uh, pass Max again, and then he would have it a whole rest of that lap until that you know that second to last turn where the DRS zone is to try and create yeah. a gap. Yeah, and really the the setup for the straightaway was that right. last turn. The last turn into the straightaway was you know if if you mm-hmm. are very close and you are behind that front car, you are yep, going to be exactly. able to get around them. But if there's like a little bit more or, you know, you, I know you got to be under a second, but it's like if you were, you know, nine hundredths mm-hmm. of a second off, you did get DRS. It wasn't quite right. enough to get around. So really the setup yep. was like that last turn. And you could see like, okay, the first time, you know, Max almost gets in, but, you know, he, mm-hmm. he stays behind him. And then the next time it was kind of dawned on him. Like, yeah. Okay. I need right. to be very close, but I don't want to be in front of him going around this turn right. because he'll pass me. And so I think that was probably for me, the coolest part of the race 
is when you saw both of them realize <laughs> it at the same time. Yeah, and they, then they did. Both yeah. So going <laughs> going in going you go to the first no, you DRS activation no, zone. You go. <laughs> like you can see Max comes up alongside Charles, who's leading. And Max realizes, <laughs> oh wait, I don't want to pass yep. here. So he breaks. Charles breaks yeah. harder. Max so locks, locks up, up and then Charles yeah. guns it. Yeah. And then Charles floors <laughs> it. And and get He's and gone. gets enough of a gap that, that Max awesome. can't catch him in the DRS zone on the straight. And so that's how he hauled him off yeah. one of the laps. Eventually Max did get past. Charles was right behind him, like three or four hundred yeah, behind him. Poor Charles. At the yeah. end. Um it was a hell of a race. Yeah, and 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 really and really Charles had a shot yeah. at getting it back. I mean, he kind of did the same thing to Max. I don't know that he was quite yeah. as close as Max was. And right. then there was a damn yellow flag. Which is flag. why I say Williams and, or uh, Menace. I, oh, yeah, it was the Williams. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, what the hell? But uh, it was Alex. Alex, Alex Albon went, I think went crashed into Stroll, almost yeah. into, into Stroll and, you know, shattered the, well, and, blew and, his tire. And so they had the yellow flag at, and that's and that deactivated yeah. DRS. Uh, for mm-hmm. for Charles on on I think it was like lap fifty nine yeah. or whatever the last lap was. So then at that point it was it was kind of over. But man, I I honest to God thought he had a chance right. to get around Max if uh, he hadn't gotten yeah I think that so yellow too. flag and who, and who caused bad and who caused the other <laughs> the yellow Williams flag during Dennis. the race <laughs> Nicholas Latifi in the other Williams. another Williams. Um, Williams. so I mean. <laughs> Williams at this point is just hemorrhaging money trying to repair their cars. But, you know, it it, it was an excellent race, again, from Max and Charles, really putting on a show. Max first, Charles second. It was clean yeah, racing. It was clean These racing, guys have like been racing each other since they were karting in European championships in their preteens. So, I mean, these guys have grown up together. Yeah. I think there's a mutual respect of we're going to race hard. But you didn't see Max diving hard deep into corners like you saw him doing to Lewis all, all last year. It was Yeah, and that that really is interesting. And we talked a little bit about that. And I and I don't know if it's just because they have like mm-hmm. an established rapport and that kind of respect and we grew up together. So it's just a different relationship. You know, a different type of relationship. Maybe it's right. less animosity. Whereas kind of like I'm the new kid on the block. I'm the young buck. Yeah. I'm better than you. You know, come hell or high past, water, yeah. whatever it takes. I'll, ru- the road. I'll run you off the. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think it's fun, man. I think yeah. we're seeing you know two guys who are really at the you know near, at or near the peak of their powers in good cars, and and we're getting some yeah. phenomenal racing out of it. Um, yeah, you know, and it, and it really does teach you that. I mean, to some degree, these guys are actually all yeah. pretty damn good. It, it it does really like they they've all obviously all achieved right. enough to get to this point, and there's a a cadre mm-hmm. in this collection of individuals that if you were to put them mm-hmm. in the Red Bull or the Ferrari, you would probably yeah. I mean, see I think similar outcomes. Charles, you Carlos, um, George, Max, you know, Lewis. I think I think those probably yeah, Lando, probably Lando, yeah, probably yeah. Lando as well. I think all those guys I mean, would be speed. fighting for first place if you put them all in, say, Ferraris or all in Red Bulls. It would be really a phenomenal race. Yeah, so, yeah you're right. It's so evenly matched. Which, it's really impressive. You know, it really is. And, and that's kind of where, you know, you look at 
I mean, Grosjean and Magnuson, and yeah. they got a lot of shit um, the years that they were probably driving mm-hmm. not great cars. And you look what, you know, yeah. K-Mag is doing now, and you kind of, I almost kind of wonder a little bit, like, what what would happen yeah. if you put or Max even, in Or even Hoff? Pierre. And, and like, without, that, I mean, yeah, he was in that, a Red Bull for, for a season. Yeah. But with all that, if you took that pressure away from him of being Max's teammate and just said, hey, go drive yeah. in the Red Bull or the Ferrari, I think he'd be up there, too. Like, they're, they're all phenomenal drivers. I think you're probably um, right. And I think I think when you look at the teams right now, you really do have some some mm-hmm. good combinations, like at Red yep. Bull, at Ferrari, where the the team dynamic between the drivers mm-hmm. is is collaborative, yeah, and not yeah. trying to one up one another. And the teams kind of like God, who was it today? Like the beginning of the race was um, who the hell was it? They were oh, just like battling each other the whole yeah. time, back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that was the most interesting and, part yeah. of the beginning of the race. Like, yeah, and they they cut to Otmar Safnauer, the the Alpine team principal, oh. and you see him shake his head. <laughs> he's like, yeah, these freaking guys. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's no, I think you're right. I mean, yeah. I, you know, Carlos and Sergio are very very good drivers, but their personalities they're very competitive, but their personalities are not such that they're going to be crashing into max crashing into charles like they're gonna they're gonna fight yeah. hard but they're not they're gonna yeah. follow team orders they're gonna do what's best for the team um and you know i think we're gonna get more phenomenal races out of it so it's been a it's been an awesome start yeah. to the year uh we're off next week uh and then we're uh, we're back in melbourne for the australian gp in two weeks uh, so yeah. you and I'll be back next week with some car news. There's some stuff to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. we've been, I've been kind of keeping some notes. Um, but in the meantime, uh, be sure to check us out on iTunes, uh, subscribe, comment, um, all those things kind of help us, uh, kind of try and reach more people. And, uh, until then we'll see you all next week.